Welcome to Relationships Unhinged Podcast, where we explore dysfunctional partnerships that became deadly. These stories give a whole new meaning to the term, till death do us part. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Relationships Unhinged where we're going to talk about how a seemingly perfect relationship ends in murder. 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 That's right. So this show is pretty cool because we'll be able to examine a bunch of evidence. Yeah. And some theories. Mm-hmm. And come up with our own spin on, on these hellacious murders. Yeah. I mean, we all have, like, those friends that have, like, these toxic relationships that you know could go bad anytime and you think like they're the ones we're gonna read about right but sometimes it's like the people that are totally normal right completely fine people in your town you can walk past every day you're in the grocery store with and next you know you're hearing this like story that they've murdered their families right or each other or each other Right. right or like easy relationships that go bad that's right so i think it's great that the first episode out of the gate is a pretty crazy one It is kind of crazy. So this story comes from Colorado, from Denver. A couple that was married for 10 years, Gary Nickel and Molly Jane Lorenz Nickel. Um, So they got married in 2006. Okay. Perfectly happy. There was like an announcement in the paper from her parents. Our daughter's getting married. She went to um, Minnesota State. She majored in finance. She graduated in 2002. And she got a job working in banking as a portfolio manager. And then she married this guy. He worked for an imaging company. And then... So um, seemingly, you know, picturesque American type family. Yeah, like like met, got married, you know, after they fell in love, planned a wedding, had like a nice wedding at a golf club. Yeah. So um, they got married on May 27, 2006. Okay. In Mankato, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. So they had... um, They must like the cold. There's some irony here because um, she thought Minnesota was too cold. So they moved to Colorado. Which is probably colder. Or equally cold. I think of Colorado. I just think of snow. Yeah. That's what I think about. Just snow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Minnesota was too cold. Wow. Colorado's where they went. Um, That's so interesting. <laughs> you would think if you think it's too cold, you'd go south. I mean, yeah. And, you know, you, you could look at her Facebook and she's got some pictures of the kids and stuff. And then she has a posting saying, you know, it's too cold here. My boots are on the boot warmer. My slippers on the boot warmer. I'm freezing. I'm wearing an electric blanket. The kids are bundled up. And that's another thing so crazy, right, about social media. You you look at social media, you watch a family and you think, oh, man, they have everything. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all right there. They're all yeah. happy. Everything's good. They only post a good. Yeah. They have pictures of themselves, their kids. Yeah, they're always doing activities. They look the same as like all your friends. Right. All your friends. Yeah. So, um, so Colorado, they move, they moved to Colorado. I it's too cold in Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> yes. I feel like I can't say Minnesota without doing that. I know. Minnesota. I know. Right. Yeah. It's like practically Canada. It's so cold there. Yeah. <laughs> so they moved to Colorado. She 
leaves Wells Fargo in Minnesota and goes to Wells Fargo in Colorado. She's like a, a VP of financial portfolios. Um, she seems successful and happy. Um, after 10 years of marriage, though, she's pregnant with their third baby, and they've hit some rough spots. They have been separated a couple times. She claims that he's emotionally abusive, sometimes gets violent, isolates her from her friends and family, and um, she feels kind of like a prisoner in her own house. That's never good. No, no. So now you look at this guy and you look at his Facebook like from back in the day and he looks like a completely normal guy. I mean, maybe a little nerdy, but you know, he looks like a normal guy. And then, you know, you fast forward to the time after this happened, like his mug shots and stuff. And he looks kind of scary. Like he has like this look in his eyes, like serial killer type look. I mean, I don't know what happened in that time, but whatever happened, like it got to him. Yeah. You know, so like you're saying just by looking at his his picture you see this yeah you see this transformation from like this innocent guy to like this scary monster looking guy hmm. yeah so anyhow she's pregnant with her their son their baby and she leaves because she can't take his controlling and violent and aggressive ways so she finds that she's having a rough time trying to support herself and the girls so she goes back right after the baby's born, I guess. Goes like, back to him. Yeah, I guess she's gone back to him like multiple times. Always thinking like we can work it out. Maybe he'll change. You know, it's really hard to do on my own. I don't want to break up the family. We have a new baby. We have three kids. But, um, you know, so. It never works. It, it really, it very rarely does. Yeah. I mean, I think if it's going to work, it works like maybe the first time. Yeah. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but it, it can't be good. No. Because you always hear that, you know, they try to work it out and it's just don't work. You know, the crazy thing too is like, if you're like her friend or her family member, like how many people you know that are in like these like toxic relationships and like you just try to like do your best to like stay out of it. Like maybe you should say like, oh, go for counseling or this or that. But you don't usually necessarily say like, leave and don't go back or yeah because you never try to tell someone like don't try to fix your family yeah, especially because they end up working it out and then then they hate you right for you, saying their husband was a dick right like that seinfeld episode <laughs> like kramer we hate her <laughs> oh you're back together cool right exactly yeah. and you know that's happened to me like with my friends before they've told me stories and i'm like oh my god it sounds like an asshole you should run 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 then fast. they're back together and they're like yeah they feel weird telling me they got back together so now you know as an adult i stopped doing that i don't i just say i you know unless somebody's in it what i think is a particularly dangerous situation i usually just recommend that they follow their heart right you know <laughs> wherever that leads you right but you know i mean if this is my friend and i know he's violent you know, I probably say like, you know, are you safe there? You think you're safe, you know, and you try to reach out, but it, you know, it's hard. Like you're going your day to day life and you're going to, you know, what do you, what do you have to offer someone with their two kids that are on their own or their three you kids? You can make all the, you know, suggestions you want. At the end of the day, people are going to do what they want to do. Right. Or what they think they should do anyway. I mean, totally. So yeah. So she goes back and she's got a new baby and like, I could see like, as a, a mom, like I could see being like, you know what, I gotta work it out. I gotta give it a try, you know? I mean, maybe they went for counseling. Maybe she asked him to go for counseling. Maybe he just told her I'm gonna change. But I mean, either way, I think like she was at this precipice where like it wasn't gonna work on her own, you know? 
she had a new baby and I think that he was saying he was going to change. So she went back. So not, I mean, the baby's three months old. and This is the third baby now. Yeah, this is the third baby. This is right. the first son. Baby's three months old. And call comes to 911. 911, um, what's your emergency? <laughs> I heard a gunshot and now my wife's unconscious on the bathroom floor. So he heard the gunshot. Right. And now... His wife is unconscious on the bathroom floor. Bathroom floor. On the bathroom floor. Bathroom floor, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so, and then he tells them, I think she committed suicide. He thinks. Right. Gotcha. So the police come. Okay, so they are examining the scene, and they're like, she shot twice. Right? Like, with a shotgun. Oh. And the barrel of the shotgun, incidentally, is 13 and a half inches longer than her arm. Wow. So, like, I mean, how do you even do that? Plus, how do you shoot yourself twice with a shotgun? Yeah, you would think after the first round goes through you, and <laughs> you most, most of your functions are deceased. I mean, that or else, like, you know, maybe you screwed up the first shot, and you're really very committed, you know. Yeah. So you just are like, I got to do it. Yeah. I'm there. I got to do it. Either way, this most, seems most like... Most shotgun blasts the first time are usually successful. <laughs> I would. So I imagine that you would know that better yeah, I, than me. I, I'm thinking about a second shotgun blast. Interesting. Yeah. So the police come in and the police are looking. And he's like, yeah, I think my wife committed suicide. So they're like, oh, your wife committed suicide? But there's like blood all over your hands. So guess what this guy starts doing? What are we doing? Licking the blood off his hands. Oh, boy. Right in front of the police. He's licking his hands. Yeah, licking, literally licking blood off his hands. Like, I'm not sure if he was trying to destroy evidence or if he was just, like, out of his mind completely. Right. But he started licking the blood off his hands. That, seem, that seems really aggressive. <laughs> it seems so, like, what? I, I mean, yeah, you know, you cut yourself and you put blood in your mouth. But, like, I can't do that with somebody else's blood. That's no, just, like, too not. gross. Yeah, yeah. Like, even someone I love, even my child, I don't want nobody's blood in my mouth. Yeah, no. So it's definitely not his blood because he's not the one that shot. Right. You know, and it wasn't like a knife attack where he's like also injured. So the police are there and he's licking blood off his hands. Yeah. I can imagine what they're thinking at this point. They like, must be like, what? And then and then he says, yeah, she killed herself by shooting herself twice with a shotgun. And they're probably like, yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, don't go nowhere. <laughs> don't, don't go far. I would say that's probably what they said. <laughs> yeah. And incidentally... Well, the shotgun was found in an adjacent bedroom, so he removed it from, I mean, just in case you want to shoot yourself a, a third, third time. time. Right. right, I was right. thinking the same thing. What if, what if, <laughs> I had to get this away speaking. from her right, right. in case she did it again. Right. But, you know, the children were home when she did this. So the old, I guess the oldest, one of the two older children said to the police, daddy took the gun away from mommy and shot it so she wouldn't hurt herself anymore. Hmm. So what does that mean? It sounds rehearsed. Right, but... She must have seen something, and he must have just said, like, I took the gun away because mommy was going to hurt herself. Right, right. Like, you know, I don't know if she actually witnessed the shooting, but there, she definitely was, like, in the vicinity of the shooting. Yeah, it's terrible. Right? Yeah. And then, like, you know, is she going to grow up and be like, oh, my dad saved my mom when he really killed her? Yeah, you know? It, yeah, that that's a whole nother tailspin of emotion that, you know, on right. top of this. Right, it's just, it's like terrible. And like the fact that he would, so this also, this happens at 6 a.m. So he calls 911 at 6 a.m. So I'm not sure if she was getting ready for work or what she was doing. But like, frankly, she's in the bathroom and now, 
you know, she shot, I, I, you know, I don't think she shot herself. And I'm pretty sure that law enforcement agrees with me because the next day they come back with a warrant and they search the house and then they, and then they have a, you know, they arrest him on charges of first degree murder. And of all places, the bathroom, like that's like your sanctuary, right? Isn't that the one place I mean, that you honestly, feel like you're safe? Somebody better not ever mess with me in the bathroom. Like when I'm in the bathroom, just leave me alone. Like you want to shoot me at least wait till I come out in the hallway. You know what I mean? Like don't do it in the bathroom. It's just so mean. Right. Somebody knocks on my door and I'm in the bathroom. I'm like, leave Isn't that the worst? me alone. That's the worst. <laughs> if you're in the bathroom and someone bangs that door, you, it's like you get angry. Right. Yeah. Instantly angry. Right. Maybe that happened. We don't know. I mean, you know, maybe he had the gun and he was going to put it in the shed and then he knocked on the bathroom door and she started yelling obscenities and he was like, all right, now I'm going to shoot you because I have to go to the bathroom and you're in there. Yeah, he's like that movie falling down when he's just like wearing the ass. <laughs> he just like edge. totally had it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think so, though. I think he was like, yeah. why is there a shotgun in the house? Exactly. By the bathroom. And, and you know, like, so they basically say she's been amb ambushed in there and, you know, and then. You know, you, you got to plan your story better. If you're going to shoot somebody twice, you don't say suicide. Right. And you got to wonder, how bad was it? You know, what what got to that point where it was so bad that... So it turns out that after trying to work it out, two days before this murder, she had gone to see a divorce lawyer. So then I start to think, you know, did she go back with him because, you know, did she, like, leave the house and then, you know, had no stake and claim in the house because if you leave the house and then you get divorced like you know now you'd like abandon the house right so did she go back with him so she would have some rights to the house did she go back with him like honestly trying to work it out or you know but she either way two days before the murder she went and saw a divorce lawyer so there had to have been dialogue between her and him right and she wanted not only did she want a divorce she wanted sole custody of the kids so she obviously thought there was like some situation yeah, where like the kids weren't safe right Right, where she didn't want him around the kids. So, I mean, I don't know financially, you know, if it was the thing, if it was like financially motivated, if it was emotionally motivated. So when I say financially, maybe, you know, he had a lot to lose as far as child support and alimony and half the house and half of his savings or, you know, maybe it was an emotional thing. Maybe he didn't want to lose her. Maybe he lost her a couple times and then he just couldn't bear to lose her again. But like, when you think if that was the case, like maybe he would shoot himself and not her, like. Yeah, in most cases, you know, that, that it's always a, you know, murder-suicide. Right. You know, which I'm glad in this case that wasn't the case because there's kids in the house. Right, right, right. Because, you know, so yeah, God the eight- and seven-year-old right. found them both, both their parents dead, yeah, which terrible. would be terrible. So the police arrest this guy, and what happens after that? So he goes on trial, with the, you know, of course, with our speedy justice system. Oh, yeah. The trial happens, like, two years later. It only takes two and a half weeks. It only takes three hours for the jurors to deliberate. His defense was insanity, which, I mean, maybe he was crazy, but. Yeah, that's, I mean, obviously something's going on if he got to that level. Right. I mean, that's just pure hate. Well, the jurors didn't necessarily buy his insanity defense, and they found him guilty, and so now he's sentenced to life in prison. And it seems like, um, it seems like she's really missed, like her sister's all said like that you know they were sad that there were warning signs that they definitely knew that he was like abusive and stuff they set up a foundation and her one sister has custody of her three kids and um they take donations and stuff like to help raise the kids they said there was like a generous outpouring they said they had a benefit and there was so many people there that like they couldn't even fit everyone in the door that's great 
Yeah. But, you know, I mean, these guys were married for like 10 years. And like, how do you become so controlling? Like after that amount of time, like you would think like it would be there all along. Or maybe like she just had enough. I don't think of the controlling aspect. I think like what gets to the point where he's going to take a, a shotgun and blast her twice with a shotgun. That's a lot of hate. It, it's totally a lot of hate. But, you know, I mean, they get married. Two years later, they have a kid. Then another year later, they have another kid. But, you know, then they don't have another kid for seven years almost, you know, six and a half, seven years. So in all that time, you know, she like left him on and off. Like, I wonder what the like the backstory is. Like, why, you know, why at that point it was too much for her? Like, what, like, did it escalate? Was he always like that? You know, was there some sort of like, a hope on the outside that maybe she could have a better life without him. I don't know. But, you know, it's just nuts because it's like, you know, you think about it, like she goes back there and she's all, let's work it out. We got a new baby. And then three months later, she's seen a divorce lawyer and then she's dead. Right. I mean, that's not a lot of time. No, it's not. And it, it really seemed to, to happen quickly. Yeah. When you have a new baby, that time flies. Right. That three months is like. Yeah, and then before you know it. They're talking back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean. I mean, it's a pretty crazy story for the first one out of the gate. And, uh, you know, what's cool about this this show is you're going to be bringing a lot more of these, these stories. I know. To the platform and we can learn all about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy, too, because, like, when I was looking at it, um, you know, they had moved and they had sold their old house and the house that they bought in Colorado it's kind of like it's kind of a creepy house like it kind of reminds me of like I don't know I feel like if I drove by it I would think oh my god maybe a murder happened there like it's like one of those houses where it just kind of has like a scary like feel to it right right and so it's like always bad things happen when you look at houses like that and the uh you know almost, almost you can predict what's gonna happen right like the Amityville Horror House like that house was creepy as shit yeah I mean there's a house like in the town next door where it, like a murder happened like 1981. I always go go by it and I'm like, if I didn't know a murder happened there, I would know a murder happened there. <laughs> just by looking at it. Just <laughs> yes. by looking at it. Yes. So anyway. But here we are. This is episode one of the Relationships on Hinge podcast. I hope you'll be back for more. Thank you all very much for listening. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.